Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. From Dirty Dancing to Disco, this woman has the inside scoop. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. I know, I could have my best disco moves. I don't know what they are, though. But hey, welcome on in to The Point with Kristen Burt, presented by, of course, Popcorn Talk and Dance Network. And I am so excited to have this woman in studio with me today because no one puts together a harder disco routine other than Dorian Sanchez. Welcome! Hi, yay! Hi! Oh, I'm so glad Thank you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having I were, me. I am going to say, I mean that no one puts together a more complex disco routine than you. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably not. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. take that one. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Yeah. But it's fun, right? It's so much fun to watch. And Thank I sit you. there and think... That rehearsal studio, uh, especially when you know you've got some on so you think you can dance and you have a short amount of time to teach it. I bet those contestants in their head are cursing a little bit from time to time. Maybe, but you know what? In the end, it serves them, and we would never do anything that doesn't serve them in their you know their best. We always want them to shine. That's yeah, absolutely, that's absolutely. Yeah. And we love to watch it. Where it's like, we love a disco number. Yay! Thank you. Yes, but we have so much to talk about uh, today, and I think what's uh, so interesting is that we are coming upon. I dance for a cure, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that yes. and why you know it's so important to you. But we always like to like take it back a little bit first because I think for people to to know where people came from, where people started, especially in this dance industry, because there is no one blueprint that says this is how you do it right. and this is how you have a dance career. Right. It works differently for every individual, and I think that's what's so fascinating. And and you yourself came from a dance family, is that correct? Yes, my dad was a ballroom dancer. And the funny thing, uh, so yes, I did. And my father was a ballroom dancer. The funny story about how he got into it, he was uh, stationed at Presidio in San Francisco. And he and his buddy wanted to go find girls. So they went, they had a thing at Arthur Murray Studio, you know, that the girls would be teaching the guys. And so he went, and then the lady thought he was so good that she wanted to teach him how to teach, how to be an instructor. So my father became an instructor. And he really loved it. And then he went on to have a career as a dancer doing exhibition ballroom with his sister and with different dance partners in the Bay Area. That is fantastic. It actually sounds a lot like my husband's family. I've got to tell you that. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. They have a a tango um, uh, company. And yeah, I know we'll have to talk about that after because this has nothing to do with my husband's family. We're talking about you. But did they have you in dance lessons? Like, were you taking ballroom at a young age or was it kind of a gradual thing? Um, It was a gradual thing. I mean, I started, my dad was in community theater, always involved. He's still directing and choreographing at 89 years old. I love that. Yeah. And I and I come from a very very small town. When I was growing up, it had three thousand people, so dance wasn't there. It wasn't there, but it was in my dad's heart, you know. And so he would take us to the nearest town, Fresno, which had, which had the <laughs> big town, the big town of Fresno that had all the big theaters and arenas there. So as a child, I saw Ringling Brothers Circus when it was still three rings. Oh, and, and it I doesn't saw, even exist anymore. No, I know. It's it's horrible. I mean, it's great for the animals, but the artists, that's their livelihood, yeah. you know, and there's generations of artists. And um, so we got to see that. That was a huge influence. Ice Capades was a huge With influence. Dorothy Hamill, oh my gosh. who was everything. Ice Capades. And they flew. Also, they had aerials, so... You know, flying over the ice was amazing. And then Jose Greco had his company. So he would take us every year to see Jose Greco's flamenco company and um, and Ballet Florico de Mexico. Ooh. So we got to see so much that my parents made sure that we got to see being in a little small cow town, you know. It, it's the Cow Palace up there. It's, in, yeah. in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. 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 So they do call it the Cow Palace. Yeah, they have. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I was raised in Atascadero. And so I started my dance training. You know, with my dad, basically, and being involved in community theater and in, in school and all that. And then uh, we had a wonderful teacher. I had a fantastic teacher, Miss Pat Jackson, from American Dance in San Luis Obispo. So I'd go over the hill 
to Miss Pat's, and she trained amazing dancers, and we all came out of there working from this little tiny town. That's amazing. Um, Randy Allaire, you know, was with Michael Jackson. Randy and I moved here together. He was 15. I was 18. His parents signed a note for me to be his legal guardian. Oh, my gosh. And he had gotten a scholarship at Roland Dupre's, so that's how we moved here. Um, so we were really young green green as grass kids coming here now randy owns edge you know i've had a really blessed career um michael higgins who's fantastic dancer still working photographer now he was one of miss pat's pam rossi was one of miss pat's that's her daughter was solid gold dancer has dance 10 in uh, moore park still continuing um tony fields trained there sometimes Chelsea Fields trained there Chelsea you know who was a solid gold dancer they were both solid gold and Bill Bowles who ran um, DDO and Hollywood Connection and and is president of the movement agency unbelievable I know so we were we were trained so well and (coughs) she also you know there were generations of other kids after us um and so Miss Pat was a huge inspiration to me. And, you know, she danced until six weeks before she passed. She wow. she carried the Olympic torch when it came through our, our little town. That, in 1984, 83, yeah, 84? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And so, you know... Um, Small towns have really wonderful things there, and if you're a kid coming from a small town, know that you can have a career in anything you want, you know, if your dream is big enough and your drive is hard enough, you know, you stick with it. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. have the ambition and yes. the drive. And, yes. You know, that's that's the one thing now I think uh, a lot of people feel like they have to move here and they have to train at Millennium or Edge, and, you know, they're all wonderful facilities, but... There's lots of great studios throughout the country. Yes. They're fantastic studios. I love going and I teach master classes around the places and, and you know, you find you find incredible talent. There's one boy up north that I, I've worked with and he's like another Lex. Oh. And he's fourteen and I just freak out every time I see him, you know. They can do anything. They can do anything. And it's stunning what, what the kids are up to these days. Yeah, and their social media game is yeah. good and strong. And yeah. You know what's interesting, though? A lot of the, the people that have walked through this studio, I'm finding that a lot of them started dance a little bit later, the 12, 13, 14, for the men, 18, 20, 24. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because I started young. I started around 3, 4, somewhere around there. And I got burnt out mm-hmm. in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm starting to wonder if the key – to having that longevity as a performing career, maybe to not really start hardcore until you're a little bit older. I'm not sure because I think what I'm witnessing, honestly, is what they do now is the stuff of dreams, really. What kids can do now, um, I just worked with little Eliana uh, Walmsley last couple weeks ago, you know, for the World Choreography Awards. And mm-hmm. she's one of the spectacular young talents, you know. They're bendy. They can do anything with their little bodies. It's amazing. And I have a few children like that that I work with. And um, it's like the next evolution of humanity, you know, like the evolution of, of human beings mm-hmm. I see is happening in their bodies. And they're doing things that we never could do because – we just didn't know how, for one thing. But right. I don't know if our bodies would have been ready to do what they're doing. So I just see it all the time, and it's amazing to me. I do think there's an evolution of dance, of course, and uh, but in physical, in their physical being, you know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch because especially this current generation, I mean, they know who all these choreographers are thanks to all the dance shows. They know... Uh, who to train with. They go to these conventions. They're very savvy. And so, I mean, we saw it on So You Think You Can Dance season 13. Like, these kids were ready. Yeah, (laughs) I was, like, worried that, you know, parents were going to be really green. There was, like, one or two green parents, but they picked it up quick, and, you know, the kids were, were on it, and... It was they were more professional than like some of the other contestants yeah. who are eighteen and over. Yeah. They're they're beautiful. The children are really beautiful, you know. They're they're spectacular. Yeah. We had yeah. a fun we had a fun summer with yeah. them. So what do you think um really sort of in, was it your dad dancing that really inspired you to have that career? Was it, you know, training at your local studio? What was that one thing that made you go get up and dance every day? Well, I used to watch Midnight Special. I used to watch Solid Gold. I used to watch all we at our house we only had like old movies like Fred and Ginger movies and Gene Kelly movies you know that was the Sunday thing that would play on the TV then and so I grew up looking at all those movies Bubs Busby Berkeley yes like you know things that 
that you just dream about. And so I always knew I was going to be a dancer. And in our little town, they'd look at me cross-eyed like, what are you talking about? I go, I'm going to be a dancer. And I think they thought I was going to be a stripper, you know, or, or like at that time, maybe that's dancer what it meant. from money. Yes, honey. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, but I, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And it was a solid, it was a singular focus. And, um, and we were always around it, you know, and my dad at that time when I was growing up always said, you know, I, I really want to teach you this variation. And, you know, he had all the rhythms and the variations and this and this and this of every kind of dance you could imagine. I go, well, dad, um, I really want to dance jazz because I want to go fast. And then I want to do ballet because I want to be Marakova. And then I want to, you know, right. and so my, my, um, connection to ballroom and partnering like that wasn't until much later when I did a project called Salsa Ballet and it was with a salsa orchestra so I combined my ballet training with salsa and my dad came in and danced us all into the ground we couldn't even like my dad was amazing and so he he really probably is the biggest influence on my life you know as far as as dance and then of course Miss Pat you know one of the great teachers and then when Randy and I moved to LA, we were at Dupre, so we had all these fantastic teachers, you know, that we were able to work with. And, and we were talking about solid gold earlier off the air. And for people that are way too young to know what solid gold is, go to YouTube, look for some clips. There's tons of them out there. This show was on, I'm going to say Saturday night at like 7 p.m. or something yeah. like that. And it was musical guests, and it was comedy, and it was dance. But these solid gold dancers were kind of everything in the dance industry at the time. Leotards cut up to the armpits. It was amazing. Darcel was the lead dancer. You said you had auditioned a few times. Yeah. Because like, that yeah. was like the job to have, It I was imagine. the job to have, and, and I wanted it really bad. And I auditioned for it, and I didn't get it. And I would get to the end, and I'd be like, Ugh. you know, and I didn't understand why, you know. But I think I was just too young at the time. Yes. You know, I was just too young. and um, Dancers were really, really sexy, too. Yeah, They yeah. were really – it was the first time that dancers could be that sexy on television, you know. Yeah. But they and were awesome. They were amazing. They were awesome. They were really amazing. Yeah. And it was also um, when the MTV generation had sort of ushered in. So music, video, dance, like it was having a moment when all of that sort of came together. Yeah, yeah. It's really incredible. And Anita Mann, obviously, we saw her at the World yes. Choreography Awards. Yes. She is the – queen behind a solid gold so I'm, I'm, I've got to get her on the show at some yeah, point yeah you do she's awesome and she's one of the big supporters of our I Dance for a Cure event and I'm so grateful to her as I am to Dance Network she's also sponsoring yes, the event sponsoring the event so we're so excited because uh, <laughs> and World Choreography Awards is one of our sponsors Great. and Edge Pack Edge is one of our sponsors you know we're very blessed Kind Bars those yummy ones that you eat are sponsors too I love yeah. that. Everyone's sort of like all coming together, yes. people you've worked with in the community for decades. GTA, my agents, my beautiful agents, Lisa and Terry. We love them. Yeah. They're we, good friends of the super love them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We definitely love them. What do you think uh, for you um, when you were here in LA? What was that very first job for you where you were like, all right, I think my dance career is like going? You know, that, that one that just kind of opened so many doors. Well, I must say, I, I, my first dance job, I moved here because I got a job that was going to go to Japan. And it was in a girly kind of show, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I moved here. And then when I got the costumes, I remember that my costume was like in a plastic bag, like one of them. First of all, the choreographer, she plucked out all our eyebrows, <gasps> like, because she wanted them. We were like little showgirls, right? She plucked them out. They never grew back, so I have to paint them in all the time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the costumes, um, like, we, we went to her house, and the costumes were all laid out on a table, and they were, like, in these bags, and it was, like, bras and G-strings. Well, I had never seen a G-string at oh, that geez, time. Yeah. I was 18. I'd never seen that before. And I just went like this. I remember going like that. Like, how do I put that on? Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, what's this? And she goes, that's the bottoms. I was like, Ugh. and then I started crying. I go, my dad can never see me wear this. Right. You know, like really. Because like, you're 18 and here yeah, you are. And I'm like, you know, from a Tascadero. Like, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, Showgirl, and it evolved so much in Vegas, too. But yeah. Showgirl, a lot of it was topless. And yeah. then, like, the G-strings oh, yeah. and the big headdresses. Yeah. And now, I mean, are, how many shows now are topless? One? It, does it still exist? Maybe two? I think so. I think one. And they do, like, the family show oftentimes. And then yeah. They do the, the, 7 o'clock the, and then later. The adult show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's almost kind of like a relic of the past. Yeah. And when I worked in Vegas, I was a star of a show, but we, we, um, we didn't go topless. It was a breakdown show and a hip 
Yeah, that <laughs> so would have not made much sense. But I had to do the flash dance thing where she took off her bra. I had to take off my bra and her thing. Every else. dancer can do that. I, I still do that yeah. to this day. <laughs> on my couch, I'm like, first thing comes yeah, off when you get yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And it was on stage again. I was like, my dad can't see me do this. But, you know, it was, it was a different kind of show. It was a good show. So, yeah. And so. I, I think a lot of people, like, kind of forget that. We're like, I had a friend that, that danced in a Vegas review now probably 15 years ago. And it, she was like the last. Was the one was the one at Bally's. Oh, oh, what was it? For a long time, um, not Jubilee. 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 Was, yeah. It was Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee had a, uh, I believe, like a family show, and then the evening, the adult show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's all good. I mean, it is all good, and the girls are always beautiful, and they're beautiful, tall, leggy, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Yeah, but you know, I I think. I think showgirls are amazing. I always really wanted to be like a real one. Like I was like a petite one, you know, but I learned how to walk in a G-string and a bra, you know, the way you bevel, the way you hold your arms, the way you hold your hair and wearing a um, headdresses that are not balanced that hurt your neck. And one show I was in, I had one that had really long, uh, what is it called? Mylar strips. Mm-hmm. And we were doing head rolls, head roll, head roll, head roll. <laughs> and one went down my throat during the thing, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> like I almost died on stage. Like, seriously, I was like, oh, like Death pulling by it out. Mylar. Yes. That's scary. Yes. And it was head rolls, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the costumes are always kind of tricky, you know, those kind of shows. But yeah, they are. But they're fabulous. Well, they are because, you know, they are fabulous because I sit there and I will watch rehearsal video even for Radio City Rockettes. Yeah. Um, and that everyone has to hit their mark. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched this, but it's literally like one, six, four. Like oh, yeah. you have to know those numbers. If you yeah. don't hit those numbers, the whole line is out of whack. Yeah. And let me tell you, you will be yelled at yeah. <laughs> in oh. rehearsal. I mean, they're very oh, strict about it. Really strict. They're very strict. And you watch this, and it's incredible. And these women come back year after year after year, and they, you know, some of them have been Rockettes for like twenty five years, and they do every single show from uh, when the Christmas show opens till the day it closes in January. Yeah. Amazing. It is cool. It's, it's really it's really fascinating. Dancers I think. are awesome. They are. Dancers like, are awesome. You, you what you're able to make your not only your body do, but like your mind. I think that's the thing. And we've talked a little yes. bit about this. Like yes. the fact that we dance through a lot of pain. Yes, we do. Yes, we <laughs> for do. good and bad. Yes, we do. Yes. Yes, we do. And so yeah. sometimes we have to watch that as dancers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, this is one of those things because you're you're one of part of one of those big pop culture moments called Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. and I have to imagine that when you did this film, none of you thought that this was going to be as epic. And decades later, we're still here talking about, you know, the dancing, the movie, the characters, the romance, all of that. It's all still relevant. In 2017. It's, isn't it great? It was the 30th anniversary of the film. And so Kenny and I, of course, were on the phone. I was a happy anniversary. You know? <laughs> happy anniversary, <laughs> 30 honey. Years. 30 years and we're only 25. Exactly. You know, like how does that happen? But um, it was amazing to be on that film. That film opened so many doors for so many of us. It really did. Um, you know, Kenny... I think I had worked with, on some videos with Kenny before that, like Gloria Stefan. There were some videos and different things that we did and award shows. And then Dirty Dancing happened. And so um, we workshopped at Debbie Reynolds, auditioned at Debbie Reynolds. We spent so much time there, you guys. And you guys, it got us. saved. Did you hear that yesterday? No. Oh, there's new owners. It got saved. Breaking news. Dun, wow. dun, dun. Yeah. And uh, they have a whole administrative team, owners, new vision, and they're calling it Debbie Reynolds Legacy Studio. Oh, that's beautiful. So we've That's could, beautiful. Isn't that great? Yes, that's wonderful. Because this has been really kind of a sad couple, five, six yeah. weeks over this yeah. whole thing. So so we were there. We, we rehearsed lots of films there, actually. We did. Well, we, we, we yeah. talked about with Vincent Thriller, obviously, yeah. Blonde Ambition yeah. Tour. We did Fast Forward there, too. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. we 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 rehearsed there for a while. Um, we did a co- lo- lo- so many things. Like that was the place to go. You know, that was the studio there. You know, that was rehearsal time there. It's amazing the history there. I had Marge. Uh, who oh, Margie, is, yeah, Margie yeah, is so cute, yeah. and she looks just like Debbie Reynolds, yeah. even though it was her best friend. And she took me around, and she she was a little mad at uh, the sale and stuff like that. She was like, "I'm just going to take you to the back room." And then she's like, "This is Debbie's costume for Singing in the Rain." Yeah, this, she was taking me through all these old costumes. All she's the like, museum this stuff. Is Carrie's um, wedding dress to Paul Simon. Oh wow! Oh, I, I got all of it. I was like, "What's happening?" It was yeah, amazing. That's amazing. So let's get back on track because when you're rehearsing this, I mean, 
are you thinking like this is going to be a fun little summer movie? And we'll see we what didn't happens? really know. We just knew that we were, had to go on the road, and we were going to go to uh, North Carolina. We were going to go to Lake Lure and to Roanoke, Virginia. You know, mm-hmm. we had two locations, and um, so we workshop a lot. And it was really sexy. You know, a sexy time. Like we would be grinding on each other all day long trying to find this stuff you know but I mean we did a lot of workshop and so it was really fun and um and Emil Ardellino who was the director he at that time was very famous for doing Dance in America all those Dance in America series that that would you know he would film the ballets and film all the beautiful dance companies for PBS yes for PBS so he had an eye for dance that was magnificent and um so he and Kenny together were so great magic magic and the best part of it besides you know being on a film and being with your friends and you know what was our late night activities that we had our dirty dancing parties after our whole day of shooting the stories you can't tell the stories i can't tell kenny and i talked about that too (laughs) (laughs) who hooked up with who yes 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 um Did the stars join you at all? Like, did Patrick ever join you? Or was it mostly, like, the dancers kind of hung It was together? the dancers and Kenny. And sometimes Patrick would come. And I remember Jennifer and I, we took a boat. We, like, ran away one day. And we took a boat out into the lake. And we were Jennifer just being great. Yeah. She's a good was, dancer. Yeah. She's a good she's dancer. She's an awesome person. Yeah. Haven't seen her in a million years, but she's awesome. I saw her. This is a funny story. I saw her at Anna Trebinskaya's baby shower for baby number one. <gasps> And this is crazy. So Anna had, like, everyone bring in their baby picture, and then we all had to guess who it was. And Jennifer had brought her picture. And I was like, I know who this is. I can't remember who it is. Like, did I work with them? Like, I just couldn't place Jennifer for the life of me because I'm at a baby shower. And so I look at the photo, and I'm like, well, that's Joel Gray. And then I'm like... Oh, oh yes. Jennifer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah, her dad yeah. of only a few years before, yeah. and I was like, of course Anna has Jennifer yeah. here. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did dirt, uh, Dancing with the Stars together. Yes, of course, yes. So. That's so nice. That's incredible. So I have to say, because I, I was away at summer camp. I was at musical theater camp when Dirty Dancing came out, and my mom, after I came home for the summer, and by the way, my musical theater camp was Stage Door Manor, and it was in the Catskills. Yes, you know Stage Door yes, Manor? Yes, yes. Yes. It is like this cult camp, in a good way, um, where every dorky little kid goes to uh, study musical theater and dance, and it was the best summers of my life. And my mom was like, you have to, I had a couple weeks before school started, she's like, you have to see this movie, and I was like, I don't want to see Dirty Dancing, Mom. Sounds nasty. It just sounds dumb, you know, (laughs) my mom, and she took me on like a rainy day, because we lived up in Maine during the summer. And it was not a beach day, and she was like, let's just go. And it was like the greatest movie and we played that cassette the entire fall cassette yes the entire fall yeah (laughs) over and over and over but it was amazing it really resonated with so many people you know because it's a love story and it's a story about it's a story about like that you can dance actually you know if you go back to the dancing part of it that a girl that thinks she can't dance really can Mm -hmm. you know you know what I mean so that's that she goes through all this stuff and she really does in the end. And she gets in the guy. She gets the guy. She gets the hot guy. She gets the really hot she guy. She gets the hottest guy. <laughs> she gets lifted in the air. Every girl's dream. She gets dipped around. Every girl's other dream. Swirled around. I mean, yeah. It really is quite a movie. And quite a yeah. cast and everything. Just yeah. all of those. Kelly Bishop. Kelly Bishop. Gilmore Girls people. Gilmore Girls, Grandma Gilmore, and also uh, a Tony Award winner for the original cast of A Chorus Line. Yes. Yes. And she was under Carol Bishop at the time, I think, uh, on A Chorus Line. She changed Mm -hmm. her name somewhere along the Mm -hmm. way to Kelly, but Mm -hmm. what a performer. Yeah, amazing. I know. Yeah. So that movie, that opened a lot of doors for me. I actually, um, Kenny was busy probably with Michael Jackson at the time. And Mm -hmm. so the Dirty Dancing tour came up, and he's like, will you do this? I was like, sure. So I directed that tour with all the original Dirty Dancers and some extra ones, and they went on like 140 cities, toured all around, sold out everywhere, sold out two weeks at Radio City. And so that was amazing. When you think about the work this created for the dancers too, 140 cities is... Yeah, it was a summer and a half or a long, long time of touring, like months and months and months yeah. and months of touring, which is awesome. We all love to do that. and um, But it had Bill Medley and Ronnie Spector in it and The Contours and Mary Clayton. So all the music that you heard 
uh, on my cassette tape, <laughs> on the cassette tape, on the soundtrack, was live. And it was so fun. And to be at Radio City for two weeks sold out was amazing. So that was fun. And then I get a call from Kenny one day, and he goes, um, Cher wants you to go over it and give her dance lessons. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> okay. So okay. how do you sit yeah. there when they're like, by the way, Cher wants you to go over yeah. and give her dance lessons. Were you? I would be a little intimidated in that first meeting, would you? Well, you know what? I, she lived in Benedict Canyon at the time in that house. And so um, I was like, okay, because she had seen me in the in the film, and we were getting ready to do a video with her. Like Kenny was getting ready to, he had been working with her for a couple years at that point. And so um, I get in my little Honda Civic, like it was tiny, like the little tiny ones. And then I'm driving, 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 drive to the big gate. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to Cher's house. <laughs> God, you know. And then I get there and then she's, Cher, she's like the most awesome person ever. She's amazing. She's amazing. So we sit down, she had a dance studio at that house. And so we sat down in the studio and I said, you know, my favorite scene in, mask is when you're ripping up the papers and you're just going you know she goes really I go yeah and she goes oh you know so we just started talking about films and Mm -hmm. different things and and you know that was the beginning of our relationship of a 30-year relationship you know that has been magnificent um sold hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in concert revenue at Las Vegas I the Coliseum, at which the Coliseum for three years. Um, that was an Emmy nomination for you too. You ta- did you tape that it was, there, or is it a different we taped, one? We taped we taped that one at um, what do we do? The MGM Grand, I think, is where we shot that the HBO show. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, we did all these magnificent shows over all the years and fabulous countries and places that people have never gone. We opened in a stadium in Dagestan, the most dangerous place in the world. Where is Dagestan? It's in Russia, but it's like in oh. Russia where Terry people come yeah from. yeah yeah and we had um snipers like all the way on yeah oh it was a whole thing like that's a whole nother story that's major but i mean we've you know <laughs> we've had adventures and what i must say about her is you know besides being like a sister to me and a dear friend that i love so much my heart is always for her you know um you know she's somebody that goes where no people go and does things that other people don't do in service to others and she's a badass too. Yeah, she kicks. She kicks ass. I like. I like that though. But it makes you stand up and pay attention when she speaks. Yeah. She's definitely yeah. one of those. Even when like a tweet goes by, sometimes I'm like, "What does she have to say?" Yeah, her tweets are epic. Epic. <laughs> They're legendary. <laughs> they are legendary. <laughs> I think Cher and Chrissy Teigen have yes. probably the wittiest so um, Twitter accounts out there. And I don't yeah. really follow celebrities yeah. unless yeah. I. Somehow I've interacted yeah. with them a lot, and otherwise I'm like, but there are certain people like yeah. Chrissy Teigen and Cher. Yeah. I'm like, hilarious, yes, yes. hilarious. So. so you know, I go to her house, and we're just stretching out, and that started our whole thing, you know. And so, um, over the course of time, I became the director and the choreographer of of all of her tours and all of her performances for many, 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 many years. How does that work, though? I, and I want to ask this because it's it's got to be a little delicate. You're working with Kenny, and then kind of shares like, okay, I really want Doriana to take over. Is it an awkward shift, or is it like it happens? You get a job, Kenny gets well, a job. Well, you know what? At that time, Kenny was really busy, and his career was starting to take mm-hmm. off too. So he was actually setting the groundwork for High School Musical. I forget what the Disney thing was, but he was doing a thing, so he wasn't available all the time. So that's why I was taking on more and more of yeah. more of the responsibility. And so um, he was actually doing. It was a Disney. What was Hull Street High? Is that what it was called? I don't remember what it was. It was something like that, which eventually turned into High School Musical. Mm -hmm. So he was laying the groundwork at that time, not knowing, you know, that that's what it was. So, you know, Kenny and I have talked about it a lot, and, you know, he's so supportive of everything, and, and he really, uh, I didn't even get to see, tell you how he found me or how we got together, but I, um, was dancing at a club called Peanuts, which was a, I very, love that. <laughs> very popular gay club on Santa Monica Boulevard back in the day. And um, so fun. And we would do, I was in two shows there. One was all girls. And then one, I was the only girl in a drag show called The Cosmetics. Oh, I love that. And it was so great. So, you know, starting at 11 or 12, you know, <laughs> here I am with all the guys and the gals. You know? <laughs> and so it was cool because people used to come there like, Bowie would come there and all the rockers would come there. Mm-hmm. And Kenny was, was somebody 
one of those guys, you know, and he came and he saw me dance in one of those shows. And he came up to me after and he said, you know, I really want to work with you one day. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome, you know. And Wondering if it would happen or yeah, not. Because yeah, because you don't know. You're just, I'm in a bra and G-string, you know, like, <laughs> stand there like half naked. Oh, okay, great. That you know? sounds good. Yeah. Um, but he kept to his word and I forget how, which audition I got, but you know, the blessing of Kenny and what I learned from Kenny, Kenny sees who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kenny sees the energy. I'm going to say it to the camera. Kenny sees who you are. And I'm so grateful to Kenny for seeing who I am, you know? Yeah. And he saw me because at that time they were really hiring a lot of Caucasian girls and blue eyed girls and big boob be big boob girls and I was none of that I was mm-hmm. like 98 pounds just like straight just could go up here yeah. straight you know um and and Latina which wasn't being hired at the time so Kenny really was at the forefront I think of he saw how people should be you know how we really are as as humans and we should all he embraced uh I don't even know because it's not even now. So, but I mean, he was the one that saw me, saw others of color and put us all together, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so he was, I feel like, um, one of the way showers for that. Yeah. Definitely he, a pioneer and saying, you know, we need diverse casts. And- diversity. Yes. And he embraced it and he saw who I was. He saw so, who so many people are, you know, he could, and he taught me how to look at a room of 200 people and go, you see the sparkle, you see the sparks. Yeah. You, know, you can see who's the one. Uh, the aura. That, there yeah. is an aura around people and you see it and you want to work with them. Yeah. Sometimes you have an it factor and you can't yeah. take your eyes off of them. And I've always said that I'm a, um, Michelle Williams, the actress, is so mm. petite and tiny, and she walks down that red carpet at the Oscars, and every reporter just stops. And it doesn't matter if a bunch of other A-list actors are coming by. She's got, she's like a little Tinkerbell. Yeah. She's got all this like fairy dust around her. Yeah. It's, and you see it. Yeah. Yeah. And Kenny, you know, saw ours. You I know? love that, though. Yeah, he really does. And he sees it still all the time with people, with new kids and, you know, different talent that comes through his path, you know. And so that's what he taught me and also you know um sometimes people may not be the best best dancer Mm -hmm. but if you see their heart and you see how hard they're trying and you know that they're a great person that's who you want to work with yeah I mostly want to work with the best dancers and the most spectacular ones but I have in the past hired people because I like them a lot and I super love them and I see I see that they're going to work hard you know and that says a lot in a rehearsal studio because we've all had those dancers. And I've said this before. I hear stories when some of the So You Think contestants are lazy in the studio. I've heard that before. It, it makes it back to me. I know your choreographers are talking about it. So it's important, you know, uh, it, what happens in the dance studio, what happens on stage. They have to kind of be the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And if you're going to go on the road with people, you need them to be the nicest people. You're going to be on a tour bus. You're going to be traveling together for at least a year. Tired, sick, not eating your best, yeah, not sleeping yeah. your best. And you have to be a person that carries yourself with integrity. Being kind is very important. Being on time is very important, you know. But being a nice person, I think, wins hands down, you know. It definitely, it does matter. It matters in, yeah. I think, all aspects of life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you just recently touched uh, upon something uh, when it comes to diversity. I'm wondering, because you're Latina, I wonder, uh, are you seeing more open doors for Latina dancers? Oh, yeah. It's oh, I think things have changed now. But tremendously. I, know, I know Kenny was at the forefront of that. Michael Peters was, too. I got the blessing of working with Michael oh. Peters a few times. Wow. Wow, he was tough. He was tough. Michael Peters. And if yes. you guys don't know Michael Peters, no, Thriller and Beat It. No, your watch dance him. history. Yeah. Dance history. And, you know, that kind of ties into what we were talking about before the show started, too, and talking about Kristen McQuaid's interview. We did lose an entire generation. Yeah. I don't think people understand how big of an impact it, it actually was on the entire industry. Yes. And you were saying that you had done a tribute show. And, and yes. how many people were in there? 50. 50. And probably all AIDS-related. All all AIDS related, all my friends, like, you know, I, I think generations now don't understand what that epidemic was, um, you know, and still is. I mean, people still are passing from it, you know? And so, um, yeah, I did a, an event one time and I did the tribute, the missing you tribute. And I had to write, it it had a scroll, it scrolled, the name scrolled up and there were so many and it was all of our friends, you know, entire casts of people Mm -hmm. were taken. And so, I think it's important that we're mindful 
and not forget them, you know, because people, they, they are so talented and brilliant and imagine just a chunk away. So we never know what they would have brought to the world in their artistry, you know, so we miss that. We miss that. And uh, for my generation of dancers, we didn't have that, those people really leading the way, that guidance um, in terms of, especially I was on the East Coast, like Broadway community was just wiped out. And, you know, you lose, like, the Michael Bennetts and things, yes. and everyone's like, and half the cast of A Chorus Line and yeah. things like that. And you yeah. go, well, what do we do? Where yeah. are we going? And and it dance sort of did this for a long time and so, until everyone kind of started to refocus again. Yeah. And people were able to lead again. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, and I think it was Vincent, too, that said, you know, he's like, I was going to, like, a funeral a week. It's true. It's true. And, and the sad thing about it, and I urge you guys, don't be afraid to speak your truth whatever your truth is, people were afraid to say that they had it. And we were on the road with several people that had it, you know, at the time, and they were afraid to tell us because they thought they'd be fired. And we would never have fired anybody for that, you know. But I think people are afraid to share their truth about whatever Mm -hmm. they're going, whether it's depression or any kind of illness or, you know, and and there should not be fear or shame about things. I think we're seeing it in Hollywood too with the the sexual harassment and assault things. Women for for decades have been afraid me too. to talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. And names like familiar yeah. names that that people know, and yeah. it's 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 a tough one. Um, you know, in talking about health, I mean, you went through a major health challenge in your life, and I, I've got to imagine one day you're like, "This is my career, and I'm doing this," and then all of a sudden life is like, "Oh wait." We're going to take a left when you thought we were taking a right. Yes. Yeah. How did that all come about when you when you've discovered? Well, I um, in 2011, well, we were still at Caesars, mm-hmm. and I fell on a set piece. There was a big um, set piece that was called the Magic Closet, and Cher went in and she did. She did, change? She, yeah, she did. Like amazing outfits. three times. I yeah, love in that. the Magic Closet, and she would come out. You know, within a minute, her changes are always within a minute, and so I was always helping you know do the quick changes and getting her on and off and stuff so you have to jump in from the back because it's like an illusion so it wheels out I jump in the back and I fall and I hit my hip on like it'd be like falling on this and hitting your hip on it so I was like wow that's so weird I don't fall you know and then I noticed that my left foot was starting to get like numb and stuff Mm -hmm. and then my back was really hurting and so it got worse and worse and worse and worse. I was seeing people there. I was having physical therapy for my back. And then it got worse and worse and worse and worse until I was pretty much paralyzed. And I was going to neuro people in Vegas. And they said, oh, no, you're sticking me with needles in my leg. No, you're fine. I'm like, but I can't walk. <laughs> you know, I'm not. So are you sitting there thinking, oh, maybe it's a, you know, pinched nerve. Like I going through all it of was. those, right? I thought it was a thing in my back. I thought it was a thing in my leg. And she'd go, like, what's going on? I go, oh, I'm fine. And I kept going, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. I could no longer walk my dogs. Oh, my gosh. In the hotel. I pretty much was bedridden all day until we had to go to the ho- uh, to the show. And nobody knew that. You know, I was just, like, hiding it. Hiding it because I was going, I'm okay. I'm okay. I really wasn't. I guess, you know, I was doing Captain Hook, like, walking on one thing and scooshing my leg, like, kind <sighs> of, like, trying to get it. And As and a dancer, that has to be... But as a dancer, you would never connect it to a brain tumor. Right. And so I, um, what happened was I had two seizures, big major seizures, you know, and then I was like, okay. And I didn't know what they were seizures. At first, I thought I just put too much muscle stim on because I had one of those little muscle stim things I was mm-hmm. doing. But the one, the first one, it felt like my back melted and I thought my back was melting. I thought I had melted the heating pad on my back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was not good. And then I tried to stand up, and I couldn't. I fell on the floor, you know, and I couldn't get up. And thank God my niece was living with me at the time. And, you know, I just laid on the floor and not being able to push or roll because this whole left side was gone. Um, then when we went back to Vegas, we were on a little break. We went back to Vegas, and I had to be put in a wheelchair and pushed still going I'm okay you guys I'm really okay no you're like I'm not okay at all no and so I I guess I played that game in my head I'm okay I'm okay and finally denial is a great thing in humans oh it's we are good at it we're really good at it yeah yeah oh yeah 
it's not necessary, but you know, we're too, we're too like, I'm okay. Yeah. We're so good at it. Dancers are really good at it. We're so good at it. But this is the thing. This is what saved my life too. So, um, so we go, we do the thing. Cher finally says, you know, I'm taking you to my, my spine specialist. You need to see him. Could not even walk up the flight, you know, into the private plane to go home. Couldn't even get there. Just was like, so then we go, I'm at her house. Her assistant, Deb, takes me in the car. We go. We see him. I cannot get on the table. He said, can you walk a straight line? Like, walk, walk, walk. I could not. And he says, I'm taking you next door to get an MRI. That's the first time anyone had said that in months. Because by this point, I was just toast. You know, and MRIs, they're, they're very expensive. And a lot of times, just doctors wait, 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 wait. Because unfortunately, our healthcare system, yes. they oftentimes like deny or they'll yeah. pay very little of yeah. it. And we have to pay for it out of pocket. I was yeah. just They're a, like $6,000. Exactly. Yeah. Just to give an idea yeah. of like why she wasn't pushed into an MRI. But it was something that you probably needed months before. Yes, because I was so bad. Kristen, you know, and I was still in denial. I mean, Kevin, my assistant, I would laugh. I go, yeah, driving Miss Dory. I had to lay flat in the back of my car, and he would drive me and then pull me up. You know, it was crazy. It was awful. And everybody else, I guess, was looking at me like, what the heck is going on with her? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) People were like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, no. So I go to the doctor. He takes me to the MRI. I get the MRI, and Deb and I are waiting there in the waiting room. He comes through the door with a nurse with a box of Kleenex behind her, like carrying a box of tissue. And I go, well, Deb, this is going to be fantastic. This is something. And so he said, he was panicked. He was kind of like going like this. You know, just from that. And I was like, hmm. And so he he said, well, we got to find the right office. So he takes me into the office and he puts it up on the screen. And, you know, there's my brainy with a giant thing, like a big, like this big, like a pancake on my head and this big down you know, a tumor in my brain. And he goes, well, I'm not a brain specialist. I'm not a neurosurgeon. Or So um, I, this could be brain cancer. It could be a brain virus or it could be something else. I go, well, okay. Um, thank you for telling me because now I know what's going on with me. I right. really, not, not, I'm really grateful for that. You know, then I had an answer to what was going on. I said, if it's vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry, I choose chocolate. <laughs> and he started laughing. I was like, okay, thank you. So then we get back in the car. We go to Cher's house, you know. Deb had already told her, and so we order Nobu because <laughs> we're going to eat food. And Nobu is it's super delicious. fancy, delicious, delicious, just delicious. <laughs> Vegas, LA, New yeah, York, I think you can yeah, get it. <laughs> delicious food. So we're sitting down um, eating, and so I'm telling her the thing, and I go, "So you know, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry?" She goes, "Chocolate." I go, "I know, right?" So we were like, "Okay." So then go back to the guest room where I'm staying at her house. And then I feel a seizure coming on. So now I know what they feel like. And then I go to her other assistant, Jen, Jen, call 911. They came. I was having a thing. But, you know, I, they didn't even know how I stayed conscious. But I connected to source. You know, I'm like, God, you know, calling all angels, yeah. calling all I need everybody. Some help here. Yeah. Don't let me fall on the stone floor because that would be disaster. Oh, no. So they come. And then they take me. And the guys were fantastic. They rerouted me to UCLA. And so Cher's following behind in the car. You know, they're all, it's, it was a whole thing. The funny thing is, I went to, uh, in emergency, they let me in. She has to park her car. She comes in. They wouldn't let her in. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's emergency. Cher. Well, she was telling them, I'm Cher. They, somebody said, are you Bette Midler? She was like, no, I'm Cher. Wait, Cher's like really tall and Bette Midler's rather small. Well, like, Cher's actually not that tall. She just wears big she wears big Ginormous. hair and big shoes, so she looks tall, but she's kind of tiny. She's, is she? Yeah. Like 5'5"? Five, five? No, 5'7". Five, okay. Yeah. I was five, like, seven, that's five, five, eight, I'm 5'3", yeah. so 5'7". Yeah, five, so yeah five, you're tiny. Tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Short. <laughs> but they wouldn't let her in, and finally she got in, and I was in emergency, and we were like, oh my gosh, who's on first? We were just doing this whole thing, you know, it was, and so, you know, we were laughing in because we're just that way, you know, like, I was like, gosh, we need to redecorate this this needs some sparkles. It needs some bedazzling in here, you know. So um, she was awesome. We were there. Um, they took me to other things, you know, so I landed there at UCLA. And that's where your entire course of treatment yes. wound up, right? Yes, and the, by the grace of God, you know, um, Dr. Neil Martin became my surgeon, and he was head of neurosurgery at that time. So he's like, I got the king of the mountain that's to be amazing. my doctor. And I had surgery two days later, um, 
was in ICU for a couple of days, but my surgery was almost 19 hours. <gasps> How so, big was that tumor? Giant. Like, like probably. Did they weigh it or anything? Like, well, after? they took p- pieces of it to be uh, in their the biopsy and yeah, and to be in their tumor lab. Your your so your brain part of your brain is in the tumor lab. Yeah, like for research, that's, which is awesome. That's so cool because it's going to help so many others. I know. I so. Know. What was your, once? How long is recovering from brain surgery? I guess that's um, a good question. I was in the hospital for ten days. Yeah, um, and and it was great. Um, like we had a lot of fun, and I think that this is. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're, we had so much fun. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to have a surgery, you might as well make the best of it. And Absolutely. my family was amazing. They came in. All my friends were amazing. The hospital said they had never seen so many flowers and so much fun, and we had fun with the residents. My sister set up craft service for them, so they always had snacks, so they liked to come in. You're the fun room. We were the fun room. Was there a risk for your surgery? Um, Because sometimes with brain surgery, this can be a risk of losing sight or um, your ability to speak or movement or anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, The disclosure they give you before surgery, not before you go in, but like when I was talking to the doctor, you know, he said, okay, so you could have, you could be blind or you could be paralyzed or you could die. Those are my three choices. And I was like, okay, great. I trust you. Yeah. I said, I trust you. Let's do this. You know? So Cher came in the morning, like the morning of the surgery and we did our She's magical stuff. She was a great friend. Yeah. We yeah. did our magic stuff and she was with me before I went in, you know, and my sisters too. And yeah. So, um, so then, you know, after that, you, after being there for 10 days, then I had to go to rehab, which I called Brain School the Musical, because <laughs> it was so weird. Like, my my thing was, like, my mind was just wiped. Like, I had, if you can imagine, like, your head has lots of thoughts in it all the time and mm-hmm. colors and sensations. It was like a black, like, the TV went black. I can't explain it, except I kept saying to my sister, I can't see the light. I can't find the light. I like I couldn't tell you what this was, Kristen. I couldn't no name. I couldn't yeah. I, I I knew my family, but I couldn't tell you what a cup was. I remember in rehab I couldn't know what a pencil was and an apple. And they give you like children's little charts like airplane, apple. Da, da, da. And they would go, "Do you know what that is?" No. "Do you know what that is?" No. Like I didn't know simple things. How long did it take for those simple things to come back? <laughs> was it like you know, a light bulb goes on, or is it like it's so gradual and you're like, oh yeah, wait, I know that's a mug. Wait, I know that's a chair. It kind of, for me, it started downloading quickly, but it was because um, my family did work with me, you know, at home too. Like, I feel like, I, first of all, I had a healing miracle because my whole movement came back. I had a miracle at UCLA, and I know it. That's wild. I really did. I really did. And, um, and then, you know, it was because my mantra, when I was in Vegas, I read everything I could. I was trying to do one-sided yoga because I couldn't do it. You know, I was stretching. I was going on the Internet. I was trying to find out everything. But I had a mantra, I walk, I run, I dance. Mm. And that's what carried me through. As dancers, we understand pain, and we talked about having a high threshold for pain. So the fact that my back was killing me just was like, my back is killing me. Okay, you know. The fat, you know what I mean? Well, and you think as a dancer, especially if you've done it hardcore for a long time, you're like, oh, I'm starting to fall apart. Or like, my hips hurt, my back hurts. It just happens. Our joints start to wear out because we've overtaxed them for right, so many years. Right. And that's the danger, I think, sometimes right. in missing some of those signals. Yes, yes. So um, the thought I offer to young dancers or anybody really is if something's going on, check it out. You know, mm-hmm. don't be, I'm okay, like I was, or a lot of us are, of you course. know, because we really are okay. We're just going through something at the time, you know. Um, but I know that my dance saved me, you know. The desire to move was greater than my desire, obviously, to stay paralyzed on one side. Absolutely. You know, or without facility or anything like that. And so I feel that my training as a dancer is what got me going faster like the physical therapist couldn't believe how fast you're up and going I was up and going you know I was like okay I was ready to go do you feel like did you lose anything like is there anything that you're like okay maybe I'm not um as strong as I was um before this happened it took me uh, well I think I was in brain school for like a month then I kind of got bored right I mean I I got like you know they're they they're not I 
Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like, like, yeah, you're like, I needed uh, more like, challenge. I, like, I'm good. I'm good. You're like, I'm I good. got this check. Yeah, I Next. got this. Yeah, like five, six, seven, eight. That you know, I was like, yeah, no, I'd I, be like, I, give me a dance class. The cool thing was is that um, I learned a lot there, and I was able to help a lot of people that, because of it. Um, one of them was Stilo. Oh, really? Yes, because Stilo had the same surgeon Dr. Martin and I did. Stilo was Stilo is a a groovaloo. Yeah, and he had had a a really hard time with his stuff. And so after my stuff, I was able to go um, to his house and help him and give him my my stuff. Like, here are my things. Right. These are my, my You've flash walked cards. the path. Yeah, and stretching. And then they said, can you come to Brain School the Musical where I went? Because that's where he was going to for rehab. And so I said to his wife, Penny, I said, bring his favorite music. She goes, okay. So first thing I did is turn on music. I was like, okay, Stilo, can you do kickball change? kickball because that's ba 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 he he at that time was having a hard time walking you know and but he could kickball change all the way down the line and all and the, the physical therapists were like you're like what? it's muscle memory and i was like yeah he's done this his whole life his whole life so he clicked in like that so what i'm discovering is you know whatever's going on with us our heart and what we know and our muscle memory can override all of it and it's also important to think that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Yes. And I think that that's important to push for answers when you're not always getting them when it comes yeah. to um, medicine and things yeah. like that. If you're working with a physical therapist, yeah. say, you know what? I'm a dancer. This is what I know. What can we incorporate? Yes. Yes. Because I was doing plies and going up steps and, you know, at UCLA because that's what I knew. Mm-hmm. That's That served me. You know, our attention to detail in a plie when you're doing it perfectly, it triggers something in your brain that's going to serve your healing it it, you know you know what it is to really do that most people don't if they're not a dancer or an athlete they don't you know so we are really I feel like dancers really have the ability to bounce back from catastrophic things more than other people I know it yeah, oh, for sure. I'm writing a book about it. Actually, uh, you should because it makes it makes so much sense. And I know that you know you're now giving back with I Dance with a Cure, and this is for a cure. Yes, and it's my sheet. Can you I love yeah all the sparkles. sparkles. I Dance for a Cure yes. org is where you can find out more yes. information. But this yes. is year two. I was there um, for year one, and I know Nakul was there. Yes, and I saw Tyne Stickline there. And Miss Bonnie Story. Miss Bonnie Story. Oh gosh, Carmeet. Yes, Carmeet Bashir from yeah. Pussycat Doll. Yeah. Yeah. So who are you having this year? Because I think Nicole, Nicole's back, right? Yes, Nicole is back. Survivor. Also a survivor. Testicular cancer. Yes, yep. yes. Cancer survivor. Um, Catherine McCormick is coming. Oh, we love her. I've missed her. So divine. I missed her this summer. I know. She's awesome. She's coming. I'm so excited. And Marlon Paleo, who just was the assistant on Mary Poppins with Rob Marshall, is oh, going to be our third teacher. And Carmita is going to be the host. Great. And... Um, and we have a special guest, Miss Maggie Kadurka, who is a former Joffrey ballerina who is going through metastatic cancer at the moment. And so she'll be doing a performance and being oh, there. God. And she's divine. She's such a beautiful dancer. Bald ballerina. You guys might yes, know bald that. Ballerina. Bald ballerina. Um, go and Google it. Read her story because it's incredible. And it's, you know, it's a tough story, but at the same time, she's so resilient. And I think that uh, she'll inspire you. She's very inspiring. So she will be there. Um, we'll be at Edge on November 11th from yeah. 5 to 9. So everybody come. And I know you guys, you, you stayed the whole time last time, I Kristen. Did. Kristen I was did. so awesome. You know, <laughs> such support from from you, my friend. I know. I, I watched the classes. And I think Tate McRae was there last yes, year. Yeah, all the and kids, the Helen Camp. All those kids were there, yeah. Tahani Anderson. Yeah. yeah that was, it was, so I was like, oh, I get to see all of them. Yeah. It was nice to, it was really nice to see them. Yeah. I'll try and stop by because I'll be... I'm going to be up at Universal during oh, the right, day working, right. and I'll, I'll right. shoot on by yeah. after. So, But it was, it's, it's a beautiful event, and what it does is it raises uh, money for pediatric cancer and brain tumor research in children, and the proceeds are UCLA, Mattel, and Children's Hospital. So it's a beautiful event, and, you know, we're blessed to be able to do it, you know, through our movement because dance is your spirit, you know, being mm-hmm. shown who you really are and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun day too, and with yeah. incredible instructors yes. and everything, performances. That's amazing. And um, because we're here, and Dance Network is one of our sponsors, yes. and we're on to the point with you. Um, if you want to come, 
you you register at GDI Events. That's Global Dance Initiative. They are one of the co-producers. It's all dance and healing. It's amazing. Go to GE GDI Events. Mm-hmm. You register and just put Cure Seventeen, C U R E Seventeen, and you'll get a ten dollar entrance thing. So come on down. And also, I just really want to be honest about this. So yes, do that. So you get. A cheaper ticket, but honestly, if people want to come and support the event, and you have one dollar, we'll take it. We'll take you know, it. We'll Absolutely. Take it. Or skip your Starbucks, like one holiday Starbucks cup. Yeah. You can skip that for four or five bucks. Yeah, and come and just dance and have fun. Yes, I mean, really, that's what it's about. You and know? are people allowed to observe? I mean, no, I know I observed last year, but if yeah. people want to just kind of come down and watch, yes, and, yes, please do. Yes, because I know you know a lot of people get excited. They they may not be dancers themselves, but and they may not want to dance, but. Sometimes watching a Nicole class will like Ooh. that changes your whole day. It hurts your body just to watch it. It's <laughs> so but awesome, it's so amazing to yes. watch. It's so yes. like uplifting and everything else like that. Um, we haven't talked about so you think, which is kind of amazing. We've Ooh. talked about like everything else, yeah. and I was like, I saw that picture up there of Coin oh, yeah. and Lex, and yeah. I was like, holy cow, how did we miss talking about so you think? Yeah, um, you've been around since season one. Since season one, you're like I got to find the kids. You're an OG. I am a OOG. OOG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is OOG? I don't know, but like <laughs> like original, original, yeah, original, original yeah. gangster. All right, so. Um, when you look at the evolution of the show from season one to season 14, do you think, holy cow, look where we've come? Oh, yes. And I look at where all of the talent has, has gone. You know, like um, Nick and, and Travis. Shaping I mean, Sound, Shaping currently on tour. Sound, you know, the most beautiful creation. They are just turning it out like I... I can't even handle how much I love them and how much and I love Travis, Travis winning his second Emmy this yes, year. Yes, so beautiful and always such a humble, beautiful person. He is. And, I, you know, I was there that night that they won in, in covering the Emmy, mm. the Creative Arts Emmys, and I was like, they're like, it's a tie, and I'm like, it's Mandy and Travis. I just knew in my heart of hearts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. knew both of them yeah. that that was their year when they said it was a tie. It's so awesome. It really, yeah, it really awesome. was. But if you look back, what was that first year like? Did you feel like a little bit like renegades? Like, we're going to do this dance show. And it's not Dancing with the Stars. This is like for dancers. Yeah. I mean, I think they were still trying to figure out what exactly <laughs> it was, you know. But but Jeff, the other producer, Jeff Thacker, had seen a share tour that I did and saw the disco stuff. So that stuck out to him. Although I do every other kind of dance. Yes. You know, but you're like the disco other. queen. I get to wear the sparkle crown, you know, <laughs> you so are. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it, and it's so fun. And so the challenge, actually, over the years has been to how do I keep doing these lifts that, that they expect now on the show? Oh, wait, this is Brandon, oh, Brian, yeah. and, and, and Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. yeah, that was Season a really nine. good one. That's a great one. I mean, just that was look at that. <laughs> Yeah, that was Brandon awesome. Brandon has become quite, I mean, as the all-star, he became, like, labeled, like, the disco guy. Well, you know what? Because he is. He's so he's strong. He's fantastic. He could get any girl over his head. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's amazing. Now, you know, when you get the contestants in there and you're, you're going, we're going to do these lifts and these lifts, I mean, it's got to be a little intimidating, I've got to imagine. But, you know, if you give them the time, they can probably learn to do it, right? Yeah, we have such a short amount of time, you know, and and we do push them because that's what the show expects, you know. But also, we are very mindful that they can do it. Like, they have to be able to, you know, because we would never want to do anything. Well, they call you guys out if it it doesn't serve the contestants. We've seen it happen live on TV. And Nigel has no problem saying, nope didn't work on the choreography side. Yeah. Um, how was it this year? Because obviously you had um, Lex with some shoulder issues. He also had a really tough samba that week, the same week he had disco with you, and he had a lot of lifts in that too. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, we never know what the other choreographers are doing. You know, we only know what's in our room. Mm-hmm. We don't know who, who's, we know sometimes who's doing what, but we don't know what the piece is going to look right. like until you get to camera blocking day and you see it, you know, and then you're like, ooh, you know, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Lex, you know, they're also tired at that point, we were episode six, I think, so, so it was they, late in the game, it was later in the game, so he had some existing stuff, but he keeps saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, oh, this and, sounds familiar, and Marco, yes, I'm okay, and Marco would say, he can do it, he can do it, he can, he, there, he's fine. Don't, and I'm like, okay, so fine. So, you know, we did change some things for them, you know, because some things that really weren't right for those two. You know, they're spectacular dancers. So we did change stuff. So, you know, what we ended up with was the stuff that they could do. 
you know, Mm -hmm. and the best that they could do on that day. I didn't know he had an ankle thing. I saw the ankle thing later. Oh, that was crazy. I was like, I think it was compensation, too. You know, when your body is breaking down one other place, you start compensating in another. And I was in the studio that day, too. And, I mean, I saw him, like, go off. After his solo. After his solo. But his ankle was wrapped. I'd never seen it wrapped before. So I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I mean, the blessing is they're fantastic. They're young. They're strong. And they are champions. He's the champion. But, I mean, they're all champions. You know, Top their 10. work ethic, amazing, amazing. They just plowed through all of it. That was a spectacular top ten, I have to say. It was. It was. It was. I, I don't feel like, you know, sometimes you feel like there's, like, good weeks and bad weeks. Like, overall, if I look at that season, I'm like, I'm going to remember season 14. Yeah. It's like why you remember season four, why you remember. Yeah. I remember season 10 a lot. Yeah. There's just certain casts that yeah. really stand out to you. Yeah. And I feel like 14, yeah. as an overall group, you look at it and you're like, there was real no, you know, they there was were, no weak link. No, they were very centered and very about their business, you know, very to the point of their business, you know. Yeah. yeah they yeah. really were. So, And they will be here in L.A. next week, next oh, Wednesday yay, yay. at the Dolby Theater. And yay. I will tell you, there's not a lot of tickets left. And I thought, oftentimes at the Dolby, people have never been to the Dolby, where the Oscars are, by mm-hmm. the way, the third mezzanine rarely sells there. It's just too big a venue, and they usually just block yeah. it off. They are selling the third oh, venue for great. this show. So yeah. it's always good news yeah. for dance when yeah. a big venue like that can yes. sell tickets. Yeah. I always like that. Yeah. So for you, I, I always like to know, like, what is your um, next dream? Because, you know, you're doing so much. You've, you've done so much in TV and film um, and stage, too. You've worked with all of these legends. I mean, we mentioned Cher, but you've worked with just about everybody. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I have to ask her. I don't know if we're going to have time, but I was like, at one point, I'm going to have to ask you about working with Barry Manilow because oh, yeah. I'm a little bit of a fanalow. Are you a fanalow? He's going to be at the forum <gasps> soon. Oh yeah, I gotta go see him at yeah. some point. So, but yeah. I mean, when you when you've done so much already in your career, like how do you keep yourself motivated to going? Okay, yeah, I've, there's one more goal I've got to achieve, or I've got these three things that I really want to do. Well, I think what I really want to do now is I'm really inspired by dance and healing. The healing of the healing power of dance mm-hmm. is very important to me because I know that's what got me through. I know it is what gets Maggie through. I know it's what got Courtney Galliano through and Marco and Alex Wong and you know like the list goes on and on Nigel you know with with his stuff Paula with her stuff so it's a fascinating thing to me dance and healing I'm an ambassador for global dance initiative which is all different people that have had different kind of things happen to them and and or people that are doing things for healing and dance and different things so if you guys please check out Global Dance Initiative. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful program that Teresa has started and, and Amy Tinkham as well. Um, what I really want to do, I have a project that I've been working on for a few years um, called Salsa Mambo Cha Cha Cha. I've been to Cuba. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's a, a Cuba, 20 Cuban dancers. You can't even believe what they do. Um, and we've been working on getting them out of the country and bringing them here for a few years now and it gets closer and closer and then it goes oh are you thinking about like a vegas show for them or it's actually would be a touring show a touring show a touring show yeah and so we've got the visas you know 50 visas it's a lot it's like the latin river dance oh i love that yeah so it's it's amazing the music is so spectacular if you see and hear it your hair just blows back Um, and i've been around amazing singers in my life but hearing these singers sing I was just like this is unbelievable it's unbelievable so that's a passion project you know for me and also you know just I have a couple things that now that were in my mind that I've written shows that I've written for Vegas that now technology is at a point where I could actually do it Mm. do you know what I mean the technology has caught up with my dreams if that makes sense. Well, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So if you were like, how do we execute that? And yes. at the time, there may not have been the technology to create that. Right. Look. There wasn't, but now there is. It's getting more and more. So I'm excited about that. And Vegas is willing to take the risk and spend the money. That's yeah. the nice thing about yeah, Vegas they shows. Are. Yes, yes, they are. And I have my show running there at the Tropicana Imaginarium, David Goldrake. And he's amazing, beautiful magician. And his wife is amazing. And the cast is brilliant, too. So it's that's happening. So that's fun. So everything's great and I do want to write and I do want to continue to teach master classes Mm -hmm. yeah it's so it's so important like teaching that next generation and keeping that going now when you teach are you teaching because you're you're 
well versed in all styles. Mm -hmm. Do people bring you in for the disco or do people bring you in for a little bit of everything? They a lot of times bring me in for partnering and disco yeah. or other things as well. You know, I've cre created pieces, you know, just diff like contemporary pieces. Mm -hmm. Because my training was very, very beautiful. I had such great training. You know, I had, was trained um, Joffrey teachers too. And so, you know, I, I really, my dream at the time was to be an Ali, Ali Alvin Ailey dancer. Oh. Like, I really, I felt that that's where my heart was. That's where the movement was for me at that time, yep. you know? And so, but it, you know, again, you're, you're one lifetime. You'll be so many things. I started as a dancer. Then I became a choreographer. Then I became a director. Then I became a producer. Then I had a video company. And then I'm now I'm writing and still producing and directing and choreographing. So I feel like our evolution just never ends. You know? it, it's true, and we're seeing so many opportunities open to the dance world because it, it used to just be like, you're a dancer, maybe you retire, maybe you open a studio, right. maybe you teach. Like it was, it was a smaller world, and I think now, like the, it's just what's wonderful is that the opportunities are kind of limitless. They are, and what's really great, and because you know, I feel like my tumor was a blessing in disguise. You know, I've been able. One of the stories, Jackie Dowsett, one of my dancers in the share um, show in Vegas, that was at Caesars her mother had a brain tumor they lived in Hawaii her skull was getting so big she had the same kind of tumor I did I was able to bring her mother to UCLA and my surgeon operated on her mom oh, saved her mom's life That's so like how how about connections that connections and things, in yeah. the way the universe works I've been able to do that with nine people and in, in just you know and I, the best part I sit on a board there now in neurosurgery and we're patient and family advisory council and I made a meditation program for the patients at UCLA. Anybody can do it really, but it's like a body scan relaxation mm -hmm. meditation. And I feel that meditation and prayer really do help your healing, you know. So if anybody's going through stuff, whatever it is, you know, stop, drop and be at peace for a moment, you know. Especially because we're tied to these all the time too. Yeah. It's true. We sometimes need to just yeah, the power of meditation is is intense, especially if you're going through something. You know, it will help bring you back to center. The power of prayer is everything, right? Yes, and the power yeah. of dance. And the power of dance. It's your spirit moving through you, showing who you are. Oh, and well, I love it so much. Well, we are so glad that you shared your story Yay, today. Thanks. We are so excited Yay. to have you here. I hope we see a lot of you at the I Dance for a Cure event this Saturday. Yes at Edge Studio here in Los Angeles, and you can go to idanceforacure.org yes. for more information. Yes, and gdievents.com. And that's where you can buy tickets, and Cure 17 gets you $10. Gets you $10. Get you, and then if you don't have $10, if you have $1, just come and have fun. Of course. Yeah. We would love that. Yeah. Where can everyone find you on social media? Where should they connect with you? On Twitter, I'm at I am Doriana, and on Instagram, which I just started, you guys, I am Doriana Dance. So... Lots of lots of photos from this Saturday. Yeah, we hope yes, to see that. Yes. All right, you guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of To the Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Popcorn Talk and Dance Network. Be sure to check out our latest articles on all the hottest dance news at dancenetwork.tv. Next week, joining me from Dancing with the Stars will be pro Gleb Savchenko. See you all next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.